welcome back to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie George Out. This is my top of the second hour cruise through the news. Run through a bunch of stories I'd happily spend more time on if I had more time on radio. So, starting with, you may have heard this past week, the state of Maryland sued the federal government, sued President Trump over his appointment of the, he currently, uh, President Trump had had the Attorney General Jeff Sessions resigned and President Trump had appointed an acting attorney general uh, named Matt Whitaker. And the state of Maryland essentially sued to say Trump isn't allowed to name his own acting attorney general. And there's actually an underlying federal law um, that that they point to and say that essentially because the attorney general has to be approved by the Senate, um, Trump wasn't allowed to do that. And essentially trying to force Trump, trying to get the court to order Trump to appoint Rosenstein, Rod Rosenstein, who is the assistant attorney general and deputy attorney general, who's just, you know, uh, not on Trump's team, not on. He, he's not a team player with the, you know, he's, he's maybe not as bad as the enemy combatant camp of Jim Acosta, but he's not supporting the president. So I just want to point out the case hasn't been decided. It's actually a case related to Obamacare. I, I'm not going to bother the detail of the legal um, basis for this, but. The argument of Maryland that says that Trump isn't allowed to appoint who he wants as acting attorney general uh, came up in a case related to Obamacare, and uh, the court has not ruled on that. But I'm just going to say this. You look at the list of people Robert Mueller, the special counsel, has appointed, has hired on his, you know, endless witch hunt against Trump related to this Trump-Russia collusion, which has never, ever surfaced with any evidence whatsoever— Every single attorney Mueller has hired over this last year and a half or more, however long it's been, have been Clinton, Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, supporters, donors, advocates. So Maryland's kind of saying, you know, Mueller can just pile on with Trump haters on his entire team of prosecutors and investigators under, under the special counsel. But Trump can't have one guy on his side in the Department of Justice. So I don't know whether the court will get to a ruling on that. But, you know, what it really I'm less interested in the legal um, outcome as in the commentary or the, the what it reveals about how the state of Maryland, how the Democrats, generally speaking, in America think about Trump. They think he's not allowed to have anyone on his side. That he has to be up there by himself. That's how they think. Okay. Second thing I want to make, uh, I want to talk about in our cruise for the news tonight. Um, there was a meeting. Honest to goodness, I, I don't. You can't make this stuff up. Of the flat Earth, there was actually a flat Earth conference. I'm, I mean, seriously, in Denver at some uh, ratty airport hotel. I did try to look up. I tried before today in preparation, like how many people belong to America's Flat Earth Society. I, I couldn't find an answer. Even on their website, you can't find anything. But they actually had a conference where they had speakers. And basically, most of the speakers they got, the person who went to report on it, who wrote about it, said, you know, why, why do you believe in the Flat Earth? And all of them, it's like one or two YouTube videos that they saw and somehow convinced them that the Earth is flat. So, you know, I mean... It goes to show you in America, I guess, that you could have, you know, for any viewpoint there is, you can find somebody who will sign up. Flat Earth Conference, you know, on and on. Who, who knows? And actually, one of the statements by the guy who heads it up was within five years, everyone will know the Earth is flat. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, next. Uh, when Trump, by the way, he did go out to visit the uh, wildfire area, the um, areas of um, great damage, of course, in California wildfires. He did 
of course, try to urge them again to adopt some of the forestry recommendations. Their own Department of Forestry have had shared, and and other experts too, just saying you cannot continue the, uh, you know left-wing environmental whack job, never clean up the trees, never clean up the forest, and think you can keep people safe. And so he, he's pressuring them to to please do something about that. Okay, next thing I want to hit in this cruise of the news is, so Senator Bob Corker, soon-to-be former Senator Bob Corker, thank goodness, actually said in an interview recently he wouldn't rule out running for president in 2020. So I had a great idea for him. Bob Corker couldn't last in the Senate because his own voters can't stand him, which is why he's retiring as senator of Tennessee. They have a great new one coming in, Marsha Blackburn, great new senator coming in. But Corker ought to contact Jeff Flake, the other retiring U.S. senator. He's from Arizona, equally despicable, never stands up for conservative things, you know, just endlessly and forever attacking the president, acting or attacking the Republican Party. I think those two should run together. I'm totally serious. I think that'd be a Corker Flake or Flake and Corker, whatever, you know. I mean, they're, they're both just, it, it actually does show to go, as they say, when you're in Washington and you surround yourself with your little bubble of people who all think you're wonderful and tell you you're wonderful and tell you you're very electable and everybody loves you, you actually have delusions thinking that maybe you could be present. Corker and Flake, I mean, seriously, but they actually think this. Okay. Also, Kamala Harris, the uh, U.S. Senator from California, said in a hearing recently in questioning, she actually analogized the ICE and our border security people to the KKK. Uh, honestly, that is for all victims of the horrific violence on the, uh, committed by KKK people. That is so obnoxious, so ignorant, so nasty, so mean, so beneath the, the conduct of any U.S. Senator. Okay, I have more items, but we're out of time on Cruise to the News. We come back after this break, come back and inform us on Facebook Live. We're going to have on, joining us on the show, Kelly Kohlberg, to tell you about all the strings you didn't see pulling America's chains the last election. Come right back. Patriot Paws Service Dogs is a national nonprofit whose only mission is to train and provide service dogs of the highest quality at no cost to disabled veterans with mobile disabilities. Patriot Paws has unique partnerships with the Texas Department of Criminal Justice and with Texas A&M University to help train their dogs. Not only are the dogs saving veterans' lives, they're changing lives from prison cells to college dorms. It takes two years and costs $34,000 to train one. One Patriot Paws service dog for a disabled veteran. Would you consider helping a disabled veteran get a service dog? Visit PatriotPaws.org. Patriot Paws has over 80 veterans waiting for a service dog and receives hundreds of calls each month from other veterans asking for help. Visit PatriotPaws.org and find out how you can help. Follow Patriot Paws on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram and consider a donation at PatriotPaws.org. Do you dream of a better world? One where poverty and hunger are a thing of the past? What if you could make a real difference in the lives of those most in need? The solution to poverty is not handouts, but hope. The freedom and opportunity to use one's talents and resources for good. At Five Talents, we empower the poor to start their own small businesses. Five Talents works in some of the most difficult places in the world. 
With $85, you can help a new entrepreneur escape from poverty and build a sustainable business that helps her whole family. Can you think of anywhere else your gift can work that effectively? When you walk with five talents, you bring opportunity to those most in need. Join us in demonstrating the greatness of American generosity. Visit 5talents.org today to learn about the impact you can make. That's 5talents.org. F-I-V-E talents.org. Texans have a long tradition of independence, and we don't like being told what to do, especially by liberal bureaucrats 1,000 miles away. That's why for 30 years, the Dallas-based Institute for Policy Innovation has fought Washington's efforts to take more of your money and freedom. IPI works every day to keep taxes low and freedom high, to promote free market health care, expand energy security, protect intellectual property, and combat onerous regulations that destroy American jobs. Politicians often talk smaller government, but then vote for more of it. By contrast, IPI has never veered from its mission to defend the Constitution and fight for freedom. If you want to be informed about free market policies and solutions, go to IPI's website and sign up. All of their information is free for sharing. Help IPI restore liberty and economic growth. Go to IPI.org today. That's IPI.org. One more time, go to IPI.org today. America faces unprecedented threats to our national security. The Center for Security Policy, based in Washington, D.C., is a national leader focused on the organization, management, and direction of public policy coalitions to promote U.S. national security. The Center is a special forces in the war of ideas dedicated to identifying opportunities and challenges likely to affect American security and acting promptly to ensure that they are the subject of focused national examination and effective action. The Center enlists support from executive branch officials, key legislators, and other public policy organizations and brings these teams together to develop and shape policies that will keep America safe. Check out centerforsecuritypolicy.org for the latest news and developments brought to you by America's leading security experts. Becoming and remaining informed is one of the best ways every citizen can be a part of the mission to keep America safe. That's centerforsecuritypolicy.org. And welcome back to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie Georgiatis, and we have on the line, I do believe we have on the line, Kelly Kohlberg. Uh, Hi, Kelly. Hi, Debbie. Good to be here. So glad you're with us. I didn't get to tell our listeners much about you, but folks, this is going to be the most eye-opening and amazing interview. I really want to encourage you to understand how... um, how consequential what you're about to hear is. So to start with, Kelly Kohlberg is the author of Finding God at Harvard, uh, the book, but she's also uh, the founder of American Association of Evangelicals and the website AmericanEvangelicals.com um, has on it a, um, a lot of information. But one thing in particular she has worked on that I wanted to share with you has to do with recognizing how many ways... George Soros's money was used to manipulate Americans in this election cycle. The slew of organizations, especially to influence and dupe and confuse Christian Americans. So, Kelly, I want to start. I, I, I promise you do most of the talking, but I want to start by playing a tiny clip 
off of this uh, this video that you have up on your website. So here we go, folks. This is from the website AmericanEvangelicals.com. To give the impression of the moral high ground, the Soros Network funds what they call evangelical and Catholic mascots to serve as surprising validators for their anti-Christian projects and candidates. Imagine the evil of using a Christian front to de-Christianize the culture and nation. In this video clip from the New America Foundation, an executive admits their rent an evangelical model of social change. Doing a, a sort of rent an evangelical, as we used to call it on the National Security Society, um, rent a general um, model. The network funds religious groups, including Jim Wallace's Sojourners, PICO, Faith in Public Life, Faithful America, Richard Sizek's New Evangelical Partnership, Telos, J Street, National Council of Churches, Evangelicals for Human Life, Catholics United, Catholics in Alliance for the Common Good, Catholics for Choice, and through the network's National Immigration Forum, they fund religious groups advancing open borders, amnesty, and voter registration for their new America. Rather than advancing the whole Council of Scripture, as the highest love for people and culture, these useful ministers assist non-Christian policies, projects, and politicians with faith works, optics, organizing, and media to confuse Christian and other value voters, to recruit the church into their radical political agenda, and to help the left's politicians get elected. Okay, so Kelly, first I want to just... Yeah, okay, there we go. I want to um, praise you for what you've done, but would you just start by telling our listeners... Why did you set out to try to figure out all the directions Soros's money went in this most recent election? Sure. Uh, well, fortunately, I'm not alone. I think a lot of people are beginning to look into this now because what we're realizing, and Debbie, you've known this for a long time, that the decline of the America that we love, the demoralization, is not organic. It's not natural. It's artificial and it's bought and paid for. And when we understand that, um, we begin to put the pieces together and knowledge is power and we can begin to really fight back. And um, that's that's what I want to do very much like America Can We Talk. Uh, This is about love of of people in, in a country, love of the the gospel love of the church. And when you see someone um, manipulating and dividing and destroying, why for political power, he needs to divide, Soros needs to divide the evangelical and Catholic morality and voting base in order to win elections. And that's what he realized after losing Al Gore in 2000 and John Kerry in 04. There was a meeting in Soros's home. Why are we losing? And they said, You've, we've got to figure out how to how to divide the red states and destroy the take over, use the language of faith to win, to cherry pick Bible verses and win the faith and value voter. And that's what we're dealing with. You know, I 
learned about that meeting uh, from something. I, I can't remember where I first learned about it, but I'd love to have you again, just so our listeners caught that idea. The effort of George Soros to control American elections, to dictate the outcome, very, very disappointing to him that he did not succeed in getting either Al Gore or John Kerry elected. But the decision moving forward because of that, because George Soros, as everyone I'm list- who's listening, I'm going to assume knows, is very radical, very socialist, very one-world government, deplores Christianity, deplores the role of faith in society, deplores sovereign nations, especially especially deplores um, the um, the Christian church and the country of America. So we had um, we have George Soros with that mindset and his billions and billions and billions of dollars sitting down in his home and saying, how in the world could we have lost those two presidential elections? And his th- what he's being advised is because Christian voters and, and, you know, they're just patriotic American Christian voters are don't like your ideas, don't like what you're trying to sell. So this is a conscious manipulation of the thought of the Christian church that you also heard you, you heard on there the one person from Soros talking about rent and evangelical. What can you explain what that what is meant by that? Sure. Um so, and as everyone knows, Soros was able, he's a Hungarian-American multi-billionaire, um, broke the Bank of England, convicted felon in France. He kind of gets booted out of every country he lives in, and unfortunately, we're taking way too long. But um, he was able to use the McCain-Feingold Act to... W- far exceed just campaign contributions to candidates, but to actually create a growth industry in kind of grievance and anarchy, Uh, street theater that becomes Ferguson, Baltimore, Charlotte, um, the women's marches, uh, the Kavanaugh assault. That's paid for. Those are paid community organizers and so-called social justice workers that create those events as massive uh, street theater that become our narratives that then media is subsidized to amplify and project as our new national narrative. It's, It's supposed to look like grassroots, but it's AstroTurf. It's brought in. So, um, and, and I base that on, Uh, Now, many news stories, but also the IRS 990 forms that the Open Society Foundation, that Soros.org, they them in their own words, they're saying they have to say every year, like other foundations, what they're funding. Um, And so we trace them to uh, to hundreds of organizations that are are swarm on, say, the Kavanaugh hearing. So it's Code Pink and Planned Parenthood and ACLU and NARAL and on and on these groups. Part of some of those groups are, are, are faith, F-A-I-T-H, faith fronts. To get to your question, Debbie, Rent and Evangelical is a, a in a three-minute video that Debbie just played part of AmericanEvangelicals.com. There's a woman in one of the Soros Hydra of foundations. It's Open Society, Ford, New America Foundation, the Tides Foundation, Rockefeller, these big globalist foundations that are funding this stuff. Um, And she says she talks about our rent and evangelical strategy. And what that means is they put ministers 
they realize that people are busy and can't really trace things very well. But if they use a tactic that is kind of an Alinsky tactic called surprising validators, yep. and they, they, dress, they dress up like ministers, if they are or not, I don't know, and put them and they cherry pick Bible words for, for liberal policies, and it confuses people. It's a very wicked, clever tactic, and that's what they're doing. It is. You just said so much, and I um, I could go in about a thousand directions in response to everything you just said. But one kind of basic reaction is, I, even back in Occupy Wall Street, I remember when that was happening, people, you're kind of watching, and you you have, can have two reactions. One is, what in the world are they complaining about? What is it they're occupying um, Wall Street for? Why are they doing this? And part of what happens is, you're, you know, rooted, informed uh, you know, educated people just are turned off. They they have great disdain for that conduct. But many people look at that street theater, look at Occupy Wall Street, look at the protests that were created, and they think, well, maybe I'm just ignorant. I mean, because my life seems pretty good, but these people are very, 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 very unhappy. So there must be things that are wrong that I just don't understand or I just don't see because otherwise, why would they be so worked up? Why would they be so angry? Why would they be so destructive? And the same thing is occurring, and we're going to have to zip off to a break here, but same thing is occurring in the faith community. And where you think you understand what you are, the Bible is teaching you, but when you see these faith movements that are telling you the opposite, you question your premises. I'm Debbie Georges, and we're going to quick go to break. Kelly Colbert with us. Don't go away. Come back in four minutes. Our military and veterans have served all of us, defending our nation whenever and wherever duty calls. But at home, when their families need support, they know they can turn to Operation Homefront for help. Operation Homefront provides military families with critical financial assistance, transitional and permanent housing, and family support programs throughout the year to help prevent their short-term needs from turning into long-term struggles. When you support Operation Homefront, your donation will make a real difference because 92% of their expenditures go directly towards programs that our military families need most. Each year, Operation Homefront serves thousands of military families, families in your community, helping wounded veterans transition to civilian life, helping military families pay overdue bills when their loved ones deploy overseas, and helping them through their short-term struggles. Make a difference today and help serve America's military families. Visit OperationHomefront.org. That's OperationHomefront.org. Our nation faces a choice. The path of big government based out of Washington or the unique brand of liberty and prosperity enjoyed here in Texas. For 27 years, the Texas Public Policy Foundation has helped leaders in the Lone Star State prove that fiscal restraint and small government can deliver opportunity and prosperity for all. The Texas Public Policy Foundation promotes and defends solutions here and around the country based on liberty, free enterprise, and personal responsibility. Whether informing the national debate on property rights energy, taxes, education, or criminal justice, the foundation works to translate ideas into real change. The Texas Public Policy Foundation does not accept government funds or contributions to influence the outcome of its research. It is supported by thousands of people like you who are concerned about the future of our country. You can help Texas remain strong as the beacon of liberty in America. Visit TexasPolicy.com to learn more. 
The right to freedom of speech, to be who you are and to speak your mind, is a foundational American value enshrined in the First Amendment to our Constitution. And nowhere is that value more important than on America's college campuses. But too often on our campuses, unpopular political opinions or religious beliefs are met with censorship or even violence instead of honest dialogue and discussion. And Texas colleges are no exception. Schools like the University of Texas at Austin, Sam Houston State University, and the University of North Texas all place burdensome restrictions on free speech. That's why the Foundation for Individual Rights in Education, FIRE, fights back against the censors to defend liberty on America's college campuses. Does your college or alma mater uphold our most cherished American value of freedom of speech? Find out by visiting thefire.org and consider lending FIRE your support. America is greatly blessed by the men and women serving in our military who are defending us every day, making our freedom possible. Military families also serve, and they face hardships while dads and moms are far from home. Military families endure frequent moves around the country and overseas, requiring them to adjust to new schools and make new friends over and over. They also face anguish while their soldiers deployed overseas, often in harm's way. The Army Scholarship Foundation offers one way to help military families by providing academic scholarships to children and spouses of soldiers. And you can help. Visit ArmyScholarshipFoundation.org and consider making a tax-deductible donation to help a military family member pursue his or her educational dreams. Assisting military family members with their college education is a great way for all of us at home to say thank you to our military families for your service and sacrifice. Visit ArmyScholarshipFoundation.org and get involved today. And welcome back to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. We have on the line tonight Kelly Kohlberg. And uh, I've mentioned her in the show. In fact, I think she's been on the show before, but she is the author of Finding God at Harvard, but also the founder of AmericanEvangelicals.com. I urge you to go to her website and play the full this website, the full video, first a full three-minute and then a full longer one, that essentially it is the product of hours and um, hours isn't correct, days and weeks and months and probably years of work following the money, following the data, digging out the data to understand all the ways in which George Soros money is funneled through literally hundreds of organizations with happy, innocent sounding names that cause that in his agenda, Soros agenda, very left wing, very socialist, destroy America, destroy the church, destroy national borders. A globalist guy deplores the uh, unique identity of America and the Christian church. And this guy is using his money to shape America's thinking and the outcome of elections. So um, I want to go back. You, your video that we played uh, last segment mentioned some organizations, and you were telling me something about this one I asked you about, PICO. Um, that's one of the organizations that Sor- Soros using his rent and evangelical mindset. It's a mindset that says pay money to alleged evangelical leaders for, so that their contorted view of the scriptures is is presented to the public and and hopefully and, and in his worldview hopefully enticing people to see things his way. But you mentioned this Pico thing, and what can you tell about tell our listeners what Pico is? P I C O. Yeah, Pico is a group that claims to be faith based. It's people improving 
communities through organizing. They often have these little acronyms, PICO, People Improving Communities Through Organizing. So these are, uh, remember Barack Obama was a community organizer and he was the head of the biggest, where they all came together, the ACORN Association for Community Organizers for Reform Now. Um, PICO, there are hundreds of these new groups that are funded by leftist foundations and they all, they're paid to collaborate or what they call swarm on a situation. Mike Pence, like Governor Mike Pence in Indiana um, and so many different situations. And their theory is, and it works, is that the highly funded uh, tiny minority, the highly organized uh, minority overwhelms the unorganized majority of us who are just trying to go about, you know, living our lives and being good to our families and neighbors and churches, et cetera. And so there it's, it's a tactic a strategy of political warfare. And uh, PICO is one of these groups also faith in public life, FPL faith in public life sounds nice. But uh, someone hacked into Open Society Foundation, and there are many, many documents were put on a website. I don't think it's up anymore, but um, uh, Faith in Public Life was counting the boasting about all of the uh, negative media hits that it created on actual faith organizations. So um, uh, focus on the family, uh, James Dobson, Family Research Council. We had 2,000 and some negative media hits we generated. This is, you know, evil, and it's, it's, a, it's a tactic of political warfare to use the name, the words. So I want, I hope listeners realize if we don't, you know, trust the words themselves, but Jesus said, you'll know the tree by the fruit. Look at what they're actually doing. And it's sad to have to say that, but, but the left has learned to use Bible words. Uh, think of it, sanctuary cities. That's what Isn't I was just going to say. Name? Yes, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> it's, a, it's the rainbow. They took the rainbow, which is God's covenant promise to us. They use optics. These guys are always dressed as ministers. How many actual ministers tend to wear normal clothes? You know, a lot of the time, at least Protestant ones. But um, the sanctuary means holiness. These sanctuary cities are the least holy places in America, cities in America. So um, just it's a time for wisdom and discernment and truth-telling. Um, there are many of these groups now. And I, I want to say, just like go back to the actual gospel, the Christ-centered gospel, not the redefinition of Christianity as the left social justice agenda. Well, I'm glad you mentioned the social justice agenda because that's a good umbrella term for many of the many of the goals that the Soros-funded organizations have. Even the term social justice sounds like. Well, you know, I mean, the, I, I, the concept of justice, that God's law is just. I mean, you think, well, yes, I'm in favor of justice, 
but the social justice idea, uh, the concept, which sounds so nice, has the bullet points beneath it, the goals beneath it, are always very antithetical to America's security, always antithetical to freedom and free enterprise and free markets. The sanctuary city, uh, uh, sanctuary state, the whole notion, that's a perfect example, great example of being manipulated by the use of, of uh, scriptural words to uh, to confuse us into thinking that, that the scriptures define or, or send us on a certain path. I want to also go to, because we're going to, as always in the show, we have not enough time and too many important ideas to talk about. You and I talked earlier today, uh, Kelly, we're talking to Kelly Kohlberg. Uh, we talked earlier today about the VOLAGs, the voluntary agencies. It's an acronym that means voluntary agencies that are part of the refugee process. And do you want to, if you can, we have like four minutes now to just kind of tell this the way the whole of Volag, Volags do in terms of, of using uh, money to change the way America structures and, and interacts with refugees? Sure. Um, so Mr. Soros is, you know, and unfortunately has sons who are taking over and so forth, um, but they're, they're small group of global elites, so to speak. They have one interest, and that is power. And so the way, rather than meriting power through virtue and competence and so forth, what they do is they weaken sovereign nations that gives them relative power. I mean, it's just unbelievable, but it's what's happening. So what, how they do that is they fund anything to demoralize, in both senses, demoralize nations. Uh, this is happening all through Europe. Uh, especially one strong Judeo-Christian-based nations. Um, and then they open borders. If they do board, What I mean to, is they fund projects over years and years to weaken border sovereignty and, um, and do things like fund projects that weaken family structures and uh, bring in drugs and also um, uh, fund uh, things like the prostitution, the sex worker industry, you know, that it's their, everything is framed in the language of their rights, the rights of people to inject drugs and, and, and not be healed of drugs or of sexual addiction or something, but to al- allow them the right and freedom essentially to kill themselves. And, uh, and so it's a massive uh, weakening of sovereign nations that, that is funded. Um, and so the, back to the Volags, what Soros began funding sojourners for, they call themselves evangelical. Jim Wallace is a radical leftist who calls himself even evangelical leader. They be, uh, Soros.org, that's Open Society Foundation, this is all factual, proven many times over, funded a, an evangelical phony front for um, to to promote weak borders, open borders, and amnesty. Why? For a permanent progressive majority. It was never about loving people from other countries coming. It was about how to use a faith front to recruit as many future Democrat voters as possible. And... Um, so there, there are just many of those organizations now, and that's really what we're up against. Um, they created something through the National Immigration Forum, NIF, 
called the Evangelical Immigration Table, EIT. Um, sounds nice, but it was funded by the NIF, who's that Soros Ford Rockefeller Foundations. So I know it's a lot of names to be throwing out there, but it's about power, and it's they, they use and abuse the, the church to get it. You know, Kelly, one thing I want to repeat for our listeners, because there, there are so many organizations involved and so many tentacles and connections, and it can seem overwhelming, but I want to just mention again something you said, that somebody hacked into the Soros Open Foundation website, and so much information, and got everything off it. It was up on some other website for a while. As, I don't know if it's there or not, but people had access to the actual internal records of the Soros right. Open Society to be able to see who they pay, what organizations they create, what the purpose of the organization is, how much they funded them, what the mission, what they tell them to do. So what we're talking about tonight is not speculation. It was made available to the American public because of this hacking in. And now we've got to go off to a break because we're going to start playing commercials if I keep talking. I'm Debbie Georges. Kelly Colberg is joining me. Come right back after this break. Four minutes on Facebook Live. The soul of freedom is crying out. Can you hear us now? Let me tell you about the group Vice President Mike Pence called the most effective grassroots pro-life organization in America. It's the Susan B. Anthony List, and they're the ones who are on Capitol Hill right now, day in, day out to fight back against Planned Parenthood and the abortion industry. Every day in our nation, abortion takes more than 2,000 innocent lives, almost two every single minute of every single day. And Planned Parenthood is the largest abortion business in the country, committing one-third of all abortions. It's an unspeakable tragedy and a stain upon our nation and our humanity. And it's up to us to do something about it. This is your opportunity to join the team that's leading the charge to end abortion. Go to sba-list.org or Google Susan B. Anthony List now to learn more and start saving lives today. Have you heard of the Policy Circle? It's a national network of women who come together in neighborhood conversations to discuss the public policies impacting their communities. You can think of it as a book club, but instead of reviewing a book, members discuss public policy issues. Policy Circle members have access to membership-only resources and benefits that complement a thoughtful framework for women to come together and have fact-based discussions. From healthcare to poverty, from free enterprise to education, from fiscal responsibility to the First Amendment, we discuss the issues that shape America. Change starts with a conversation. Conversations happen when women across the nation are connected and engaged in their communities, openly sharing their views and taking a leadership role in policy dialogue on what human creativity can accomplish in a free economy. Are you ready to join a growing network of engaged women? To join or start your own policy circle, visit thepolicycircle.org today. That's thepolicycircle.org. The federal government spends $900 billion annually on anti-poverty programs. What has it produced? 75% of black children are born into fatherless homes. 43% of the prison population is black. The black poverty rate has remained at twice the national average. And cities like Oakland, Baltimore, St. Louis, and Detroit are in ruins. Instead of helping, bad policies and billions of dollars have spread a sickness in the black community. It's time for a cure. 
the Center for Urban Renewal and Education, CURE, led by President Star Parker, is addressing our nation's most critical problems in our nation's most distressed zip codes. CURE's mission is to fight poverty and restore dignity through faith, freedom, and personal responsibility. To find out more, to read about how CURE works, and how you can help, please visit urbancure.org and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Together, you and I can cure America. Our military and veterans have served all of us, defending our nation whenever and wherever duty calls. But at home, when their families need support, they know they can turn to Operation Homefront for help. Operation Homefront provides military families with critical financial assistance, transitional and permanent housing, and family support programs throughout the year to help prevent their short-term needs from turning into long-term struggles. When you support Operation Homefront, your donation will make a real difference because 92% of their expenditures go directly towards programs that our military families need most. Each year, Operation Homefront serves thousands of military families, families in your community, helping wounded veterans transition to civilian life, helping military families pay overdue bills when their loved ones deploy overseas, and helping them through their short-term struggles. Make a difference today and help serve America's military families. Visit OperationHomefront.org. That's OperationHomefront.org. And welcome back to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie Georgettis. We have online tonight Kelly Kohlberg. And we're talking with her about what is just a treasure trove of information that became available to the public through somebody, not Kelly or anyone either of us knows, but somebody brilliant hacked into the uh, George Soros Open South Society Foundation website and just came up with all the information that basically tells us the various programs, organizations, and projects that George Soros is funding, his Open Society group is funding, which essentially, in the, what we're talking about tonight, are groups, efforts, and organizations to undermine the Christian church in America, to, to drive the Christian church into accepting more radical left-wing goals as in, consistent with Scripture. So people think... For example, that the reason that the way we should be and a good one to hone in on, Kelly, I want to talk about now. We were talking about the Volags, but the difference between urging people to love your neighbor and and take care of strangers versus the idea that uh, somehow Christian doctrine compels just pretty much open borders. And you had a great term you were using about the the right way that we that Christians can be thinking about immigration as opposed to just open borders, random, every refugee can come here. I'll have you tell our listeners about that. Sure. Well, I, I realized that, that uh, the, the Soros uh, groups were these Volags, um, that they were using faith words to, to try to, you know, it was, it, beautiful passages of Scripture. It's just, you know, things like Matthew 24 or 25, I was a stranger and you welcomed me. Um, and it, they, there was a multi, I believe it was a, over a million dollar media campaign in 2013 to, um, that of pastors we know and like reading this on radio and, and on television and 40 days of prayer and fasting um, for the um, for the stranger coming, 
and resettling refugees. And uh, under President Obama, these VOLAGs, these voluntary agencies, even World Vision, World Relief, which is the National Association of Evangelicals, um, a Baptist one, a Lutheran one, Catholics, and so forth, they were super funded by the globalist foundations like Open Society that Soros, but also by President Obama's State Department to um, and these these groups beca- became used by the government to quickly bring as many migrants to America as possible. Um, while and this and they didn't tell us that this was happening exactly at the same time that the Schumer Rubio bill was in the Senate and the House. Uh, it was a thousand-page bill that would have given us amnesty and probably Hillary Clinton for president. Um, and so that was the um, – they were using a faith front and millions of dollars to pass the Schumer-Rubio bill. And nobody was saying, oh, by the way, this is a political project. The exact 40 days of fair, prayer and fasting happened to align with – um, the bill in, in in Congress, and so I realized that, and I began something called Evangelicals for Biblical Immigration. That it was not for saying the Bible does not teach open borders. The Bible teaches wise welcome, wise welcome. And so, if anybody wants to go to Evangelicals for Biblical Immigration dot com, please do, um, or American Evangelicals dot com. You'll learn about these things, share the videos and so forth. But I didn't want the church and the gospel to be redefined and used and abused for politics. And so that's why I helped to write a letter that people can sign on American Evangelicals, a call to repentance. The groups taking this mass amount of money um, had to sign a, a, a paper that the Obama administration gave them to say we will not share the gospel with refugees uh, or strangers coming in order to take the federal money. So it was really kind of a Faustian or even a Judas kind of a bargain. And I, you know, I wanted to blow the whistle on it. I thought it was um, a lose-lose. And we want the gospel for every nation. We want every nation to flourish and be free and be sovereign um, and not consider America the magnet that really while being silenced to share what actual christianity is you know one uh term that was used in this last election cycle i, I know we're, we're going to run short on time and i do want to talk for listeners to about what you can do about it but um there was a an effort in this last election cycle just these midterms uh the language was used reclaiming jesus and it was actually one of the soros funded entities talking about what it means to reclaim Jesus. Can you talk, like, who was doing that? What was what was their message? Yeah. So in this just uh, this midterm, so, you know, something like 82 to 86 percent of the vote in 2016 for President Trump and the Republicans was 80-some percent of evangelicals voted for President Trump. Uh, and the GOP platform, which makes sense from a faith perspective. It's a pro-freedom, uh, First Amendment, uh, pro-family, pro-faith, uh, uh, free market economy. We've seen the, the booming economy. 
So naturally, I think a, a more Christian worldview would vote for the Republican platform. But um, what the Soros world w- was is now trying to do is to divide the evangelical voting base. And so one of their projects through the group Sojourners is called Reclaiming Jesus. Uh, and and then those um, – so – there, there was that uh, Bishop Curry, Tony Campolo, Jim Wallace, and others are reclaiming Jesus. And what they're really doing is re- trying to reclaim power. They're trying to right, divide right. the evangelical voting base in order to win midterm and, and wait till 2020. You know, we will really see this uh, on steroids. But another thing they did was they they put um, – ministers on buses. It's called Vote Common Good. Yep. And the orange buses went through almost 30 states, swing battleground states, uh, including Texas, uh, all through the Midwest. Um, and it was called Vote Common Good. And it's their goal was to flip Congress. That was written on the bus, flip Congress. And this was funded by a couple billionaires, uh, Eric Hadar, and uh, some of the so- George Soros-funded people were on the buses as well. And and so I made a kind of a public statement, um, social media campaign. I was saying, vote common good. Common good for whom? It's not your policies. The left policies are not common good for unborn children or people in inner cities where uh, – progressive so-called policies beget crime and drugs and joblessness, not good for Christian business owners of conscience being bullied, not good for children in schools learning aberrant sexuality and revisionist U.S. history, not good for the handicapped Soros wants euthanasia next, uh, not good for Israel. Um, And so it seems like uncommon harm is what they should have put on their buses. And so like I'm, that. you know, challenging, challenging these guys. We're standing for love. It's biblical truth that is the highest love for people and highest good for cultures. And so open borders are less loving than wise welcome. Socialism is less loving than human creativity. And freedom and sexuality is less loving. Yeah. I could go on and on. So we need to stand up in truth and love and call these guys out as political hacks that they are. Well, Kelly Colbo, you've done a great job just in, in what you've done in your life in this project, exposing for people, helping people to see how they've been, how churches, individuals, our culture and society have been manipulated and not really recognizing the source of it. We, we see these things. We, maybe we saw the buses or the messages and we think, gee, you know, this is what, where the church is headed. I guess the church leaders must know. And even church leaders, some of them, the, the funded by Soros, rent and evangelical types are, are being paid for it. But many churches are kind of following along blindly or they don't o- know. O- obediently. Don't know some do. Yeah. yeah. Just thinking, yeah. well, this must be the way to go. So I asked about, I was telling our listeners too, what, what we can do about this. You mentioned on your website, again, it is um, AmericanEvangelicals.com, but you can sign the call to repentance and renewal letter, which is on that website. But I also want to urge people, I was at, uh, spoke someplace recently, someone was telling me about, uh, they just, they asked for a meeting with their own pastor, a very, very large Presbyterian church, it could have been any church, and just said, 
they had planned to say they hadn't had it yet. But I was talking about. We want you to explain to us why you continue to advocate for the caravan coming up from the southern border and letting them in. We want to know why you advocate for pretty much unbridled immigration, unbridled refugee policy. The idea that individual pastors get duped by this messaging by the Soros-funded rent and evangelical types They need you and people like you who understand that you are being contorted, played with, manipulated, and controlled. Your strings are being pulled by the Soros people. Pastors, churches, organizations of all kinds being duped by this. They are actually blessed by and helped by the bravery and and clarity and calm but confrontation by their church members. We only like a one, uh, actually we have a minute left here, Kelly. So do you have any, any last uh, shot, any uh, last points for our listeners? Yeah, sure, sure. I, I would just, uh, I'm going to run down a real quick list. Um, ampli- let's do number one, amplify the Christ-centered gospel. This is our to-do, to-do list. Um, and, you know, help those organizations and really read your Bible. In the case of immigration, you know, I won't get, but there are four words for foreigner in Hebrew in the Bible. One is a Ruth or Rahab to be embraced as a convert and a blessing. Two are temporary guest workers to be treated nice, kindly. The fourth is a danger, um, that word, and to be rejected. And so Nehemiah was building walls as well as, you know, at another time we embraced a, a Ruth and so forth. So use whole counsel of scripture discernment. Number two, add your name, as Debbie said, AmericanEvangelicals.com. Help promote that group if you can. Uh, number yep. three, Evangelicals for Biblical Immigration. And Kelly, I uh, got to jump four, in. Run for offices. Run yeah. for office. Got to jump in. We are out of time, folks. This is Debbie Georgettis, Kelly Colbert. This is America Can We Talk. Tune in on Wednesdays, 3 p.m. Central Time on Facebook Live for our weekly podcast. Thanks for listening. Come back next week. Thank you for listening to America Can We Talk with Debbie Georgiatis. To learn more or to contact Debbie, go to AmericaCanWeTalk.org. America Can We Talk, truth about America. America.